This December, Raven Radio is partnering with Newsmatch. This month, any money we raise to support local news coverage will earn an additional contribution. Consider supporting our winter Newsmatch drive today at kcaw.org. Thank you. It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCAW in Sitka. Today is Tuesday, December 19th, 2023. I'm Andrew Hames. This is Raven News. Sitka is about a year away from opening a publicly owned marine haulout and shipyard. And while many of the construction finances have been hammered out, some big questions remain, like who will run it? And should it be expected to make money, break even, or be subsidized by other city revenue? The board of Sitka's industrial park considered all the options last week. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The most obvious way to run Sitka's new public boatyard would be to incorporate it into the harbor system. But that would not be the easy way. Municipal Administrator John Leach told the board of the Gary Paxton Industrial Park, where the boatyard and the haulout will be located, that city government is understaffed and likely to remain that way. Turning the haulout over to the harbor department was a non-starter. I can't ask the people that I have now to take on more and, and not get any more. I mean, I, th- we're, I think we're, we're at the point where we're tapped out. Leach did think it was reasonable to restore the park manager position to the city payroll, add an administrative assistant, and contract out the rest of the shipyard services, including the operation of the marine haulout. Park Director Gary White wanted his board involved at the top level of management not to set rates, but to annually approve the rates proposed by the contract operators of the haulout. Based on what Sitka's last private haulout operator charged and the current rate of $25 per foot in Juneau, he felt Sitka's sweet spot to be around $18 per foot. Board oversight would be a check on this rate going too high. The public oversight allows the community to be able to adjust the rates based off if we're making money, losing money, because if there's no public oversight and the guy's charging 68 bucks a foot, yeah, he's making money and his organization's making money, but he's mm-hmm. leveraging a city asset and city investment to do so. Board member Chad Gaden thought it was premature to discuss a haul-out rate for Sitka's yet-to-be-built boatyard. If anything, he preferred starting high and lowering the rate as the yard penciled out. Who's our customer? Who are we doing this for? For the benefit of the fleet or for the benefit of the community? And in my mind, we're stewards of the resources for the benefit of the community, which is why I'm very leery about this $18 a foot. The model of a privately run business operating a public asset already exists in Sitka. The city's cold storage facility is leased by local seafood processors and available to everyone. Leach said the assembly reviews the deal every year. And then they have a requirement to provide a certain percentage of public storage, and the public storage rates set in their contracts as you recommend the rates to the assembly once a year, and those rates have to be within X percentage of the Puget Sound rates, um, so they can't just run them up through the through the roof. Board member Casey Campbell is a boat owner. He thought local customers would pay a small premium in order to haul out in Sitka. You might not want to run and spend, burn the fuel to go to Wrangell, so maybe we could charge a little bit more because of the boats are already here. Board members eventually settled on a hybrid boatyard operated along the lines of the Marine Services Center with rates approved by the board, a couple of city staff to manage and maintain the facility, and a contractor to haul and block boats. Administrator Leach said the plan could be refined even further. 
I mean, you could put a, a, a revenue sharing model together. It's like for every boat you pull, the city keeps X amount of the fee and the contractor keeps X amount of fee. And they're, they're responsible for bringing in their own employees to do that. The board of Sitka's Industrial Park took no formal action on the plan, but agreed to forward it to the assembly as a recommendation for discussion. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Cruise tourism is on the rebound in Petersburg, with this year's number of tour boats approaching the town's record season in 2007. The industry is building back from the pandemic and the 2008 financial crisis, and local restaurateurs are enjoying the extra business. But it's a double-edged sword for those who are having trouble keeping up with demand. In Part 2 of Coast Alaska's four-part Tourism Today series, KFSK's Shelby Herbert takes a look at how more visitors are putting pressure on Petersburg's supply chain. Guylin Etcher is foaming milk for a latte at a coffee shop in Petersburg. She's the owner of Glacier Express Cafe on the town's main drag. The spot is known for hot drinks and homemade burritos that sell out fast. It's located right across from the town's North Harbor and attracts a lot of tourists. Etcher says her business enjoyed a very profitable summer. Actually, this summer was the best summer that I've seen. Since COVID, I feel like the first year or two were pretty awful. But I feel like since then, it's been really good in the summer. But in the off-season, things are starkly different. Local customers aren't numerous enough to sustain the cafe. Etcher says it's a struggle to even keep the lights on in the winter. And a lot of people leave, too, during the wintertime, which, you know, and, like, there's still bills to pay. It'd be hard to just close because I would still have to pay rent. I'd still have to pay utilities. Like, the bills don't stop if you close the doors for a couple months. Etcher is fighting to make sure her business can stay open in the slow months, but she says it's hard. I reduced hours earlier this year than I normally do. So in December and January, usually close on Sundays. But this year, I decided to close on Sundays a lot earlier. But not everybody in town feels the same way. Ryan Naylor is researching tourism in southeast Alaska for his doctorate at Penn State. He's visited Petersburg several times in the last few years to collect perspectives from locals on the issue. When Naylor reported his findings to Petersburg's assembly this spring, he said that the majority of Petersburg residents he polled said they don't want to cave to tourism. The types of tourism that are happening here within southeast Alaska are expected to be able to only occur and grow exponentially within more northern communities. And so I understand that these communities are very much uh, uh, key examples of what Petersburg doesn't necessarily want to be. Um, biggest uh, quote that I would consistently hear is we don't want to be Juno, Sitka, Skagway, or Ketchikan. And while the on-season brings a lot of money into town, not every business is ready for the traffic. When Glacier Cafe can't lock down the supplies they need to make their popular burritos, Etcher says she loses business and trust with locals. If it doesn't come in the next week and and I get it in the day after my next week's order time, I'm SOL because I have to tell people, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm out until next week when I can order, which is another week after that until it actually can come here, which really sucks. The shortage starts somewhere at the top. Petersburg's main food distributors experience frequent supply chain disruptions during the peak months. 
Hammer & Wecon is Petersburg's largest grocery store. Jim Floyd is its CEO. He says the dynamic between grocers and restaurants in rural Alaska is a lot different from how it works in the lower 48. They're not strictly competitors. Here they're actually our customers, so they're our friends. Hammer & Wecon actually supplies most of the restaurants in town, including Glacier Express. But some of their interests are in conflict, sometimes. While visitors are critical to Petersburg's restaurateurs, Floyd's main customers are locals. The people that live here day in, day out are our bread and butter, and so it's important to them. That They're very important to us. And keeping all the products they need in stock during the peak months can be a challenge for Hammer and Wecon. Floyd says that's for several reasons. Their labor shortage and lack of storage space among them. But it's especially hard to keep up when passengers and crew come down from the cruise ships and wipe out their shelves. And we're not prepared for that. It affects everybody. For a while, we couldn't get vinegar, which is a huge staple for the uh, Norwegian community, actually. Floyd says the extra summer traffic means that if they're shorted some product or make a mistake in an order, they run the risk of losing business. And the accelerating demand is hard to predict. Even though we bring in extra, make sure we have it on hand, we still do run out. Floyd says Hammer and Wecon struggled to stay on top of demand this year. But he appreciates the extra business and says his team will do their best to ride the wave as it comes. And they're never going to turn away because it's money, it's dollars and stuff. And, you know, we do a lot to invest, reinvest into the community. Um, and so... It, it's important to know that there's some people that don't appreciate tourism, but guess what? It all comes back and it supports us all. They can't perfectly predict what they'll need at any given time. Floyd says he doesn't have a crystal ball, but his team keeps a close eye on their best-selling items. But like each commodity, like uh, like in Frozen, the biggest commodity there is pizzas. You know, we do a good job stock keeping pizzas in stock and ice cream, of course, because Alaskans love their ice cream. In the meantime, the company is trying to keep up with the velocity by expanding its refrigeration units. And that's so Petersburg shoppers, especially its ice cream lovers, might not get left out in the cold. From the frozen section in Petersburg, I'm Shelby Herbert. I'm Andrew Hames, and this has been Raven News. There are more news stories and updates on our website. You can visit that at kcaw.org. Also on our website, you'll find our community calendar. Listed for this evening, the public is invited to attend a strategic plan update town hall meeting. That's from 6 to 7 p.m. at Harrigan Centennial Hall. Stay tuned for more Morning Edition coming up in just a minute.